This is Brain Diet, episode number 22. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. like to know. If you haven't yet, leave me a review. Leave a review for the Brain Diet podcast. I would really appreciate it. And honestly, I would love to hear from you. I love connecting with you through this podcast and I want to know your thoughts, all that you've been thinking about this podcast so far. Today, we are talking about toxic positivity. In this day and age, it's incredibly popular to post about having a positive attitude or having a positive outlook on life or choosing happiness, right? It's very praised when someone is going through something difficult and they are being positive about it. We somehow believe that being positive, staying positive, being happy most of the time is right, that it is the correct way to live, to be positive. And though we have this relatively collective belief that being positive is correct and that being negative is wrong, I believe it's actually damaging to society's overall mental health and to our relationship with ourselves. Because what we tend to do is we feel a negative emotion and we get in such a hurry to get out of it or we shame ourselves for having it and we say things like, well, I should just have a positive attitude or there are so many people out there that have it so much worse than I do. Why can't I just have a better perspective? And we feel this shame. So we hide all of our negative emotions so that no one ever sees them, which just perpetuates this idea that being positive is the only right way. I remember talking to a new mom who was dealing with some postpartum depression and she said, I just want my son to see me happy. I don't want him to see me sad. And that right there reminded me of this false truth that we shouldn't ever feel bad or that if we do that something is wrong in need of fixing. Because here is the truth about being human. We are meant to experience the entire range of emotions. If we didn't know sad, then we couldn't know happy. And if we didn't know pain, we wouldn't know pleasure. And because of that, because we are meant to experience the entire range of emotions, then that means half the time things are going to be amazing. But half the time things are going to be terribly crappy. It's 50-50. As human beings, it simply isn't possible for us to program ourselves to only feel good all the time. But what happens when we try to be positive all the time is we deny our negative emotions, which makes them bigger. And when you deny or resist any emotion, you create resistance and suffering on top of an already negative emotion. So then people associate negative emotions with the resistance of them. And because it feels so terrible to do that, they resist even more and it creates this endless cycle of resistance and compounding negative emotions. Can you see this? So it's like we already don't want to feel anything negative, but in doing so, we create so much more negativity 
than would just be there in the first place if we just felt the feels and allowed the negative emotions to be there. And here's one of the sneakiest places I see it in affirmations. Now, as a part of meditation or even just as a part of mental health, people will promote affirmations. And if you believe what you are saying when you are saying them, they can be amazing tools to allow your brain to get into a solid headspace and allow much more deliberate and direct thinking. But what people use them too often for is to compensate for all of the crap in their heads. Like they will be feeling a negative emotion and instead of just embracing it as a part of being a human, they resist it and throw all these affirmations at it to try to make it go away. And that is what is so toxic. Negative emotions are a necessary, useful, and healing part of being human. Talking yourself out of negative emotions with positivity goes against our design. Now, I want to give you some examples of this in everyday life. When my grandpa passed away last year, I was so sad. And right after it happened, I was telling someone about it. And this person said to me, oh, so it was his time to go. And for me, trying to think that way was a dagger to my own heart. (laughs) My grandpa, he was 89 and he had Alzheimer's and he'd been declining for some time and he'd been away from his first wife for over two decades, but I don't care how long he'd been sick or how old he was. He was my hero and I wanted to be so sad that he had died. I didn't want to try to put some positive spin on things. I didn't want to try to have a better perspective. I wanted so badly to be just devastated about it. And it helped me process through his passing. It helped me bond with my family. It helped me connect with him and accept what had happened. And it's been almost a year, but I still feel a significant amount of sadness about it. And I imagine I will for some time, but I'm totally okay with that. It feels very healing and it helps me move forward with my life to be sad on purpose. When people we love pass away, we want to be sad about it. It feels terrible to try to think positively like, well, at least they're out of pain or at least they lived a good life or at least they're with their spouse now. Like those things might be true, but they deny you your grief and prevent you from processing. It was the same thing last year when I was diagnosed with neuromyelitis optica. I remember the doctor saying, You have spots of diseased white matter on your brain and on your spinal cord. And these lesions are indicative of a very rare and serious condition that will require the indefinite treatment of a chemotherapy drug. And from that moment, I had to give myself permission to feel all the horrible emotions and process through every single one of them. I am able to have so much positivity now about it because I allow myself to feel so negatively about it. And it is an ongoing process that I go through, processing through all of my emotions that I have about this condition because it ebbs and it flows and it is all over the place sometimes. But I'm so deliberate about choosing to feel a certain way about it. Those two examples of 
death and disease are much more substantial ones, but it applies completely on the whole grand scale, whether it's big or small or somewhere in the middle. You might want to feel betrayed if your spouse cheated on you. You might want to feel nervous before you deliver your first baby. You might want to feel concerned if your child is hurt. You might want to feel anger for things that you believe to be unjust. The way we feel is the body and the brain relaying information. Emotions help us make sense of things, and if you ignore them or run away from them, you lose that valuable information. How we feel initially in response to something may be what we want to feel, but if it isn't, we have to understand it first before we change it. We have to understand it first before we throw all this positivity and affirmations at it. Thinking something different in certain circumstances at some point may serve you, but you'll never be able to think something different while you're running away from what you're actually thinking and feeling in the first place. What is your brain trying to tell you by having the thought that generated the current emotion you are having? As you understand where your brain is coming from, you gain more authority over it to change it if you want to, and if you're changing it to something you actually believe. So here is how we avoid toxic positivity. We have to be constantly asking ourselves, how do I want to feel about this? And be really honest with yourself in your answer. There is so much power in deciding to be frustrated or devastated or sad or melancholy or nervous. The more practiced you get at deciding how you want to feel about things, the more authority you'll have over your mind and over your life. Ask yourself this question as often as you feel an emotion, which hint is all day. (laughs) How do I want to feel about this? Because we can't control our circumstances, but we can be in charge of our brains. We can decide how we want to feel on purpose, and we can decide to give ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling, even if we didn't decide beforehand how we want it to feel on purpose. Feel what you're feeling and give yourself the full permission to feel it. So this is just scratching the surface of what mental work and mental management can do and scratching the surface of what it is that I do with my one-on-one clients. Now, I offer free mini sessions for one-on-one coaching, and we do some coaching. We talk about my program, and we find out if it would be a good fit to work together. So if you're ready to upgrade your life, you're ready to figure out your brain and start feeling negative emotion on purpose in order to feel better, then it's time to sign up for that free mini session. If you've been on the fence with whether or not to do this, this is me giving you your sign that it's time. The link is in the show notes, or you can just always DM me on Instagram. That works great too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a lovely week.